everybody. Welcome to the Homework Keys podcast. And we're really excited today. We are back recapping and just like that, uh, because we had such a great response from the last episode. So we figured, well, let's do it. Let's talk about each episode. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Jax is here. Uh, Rachel, we didn't know what we were walking into last time because we had both stayed up super late to watch it. So we had not had anyone's response except for our own by the time that we actually got to, we podcasted about it hours later. So it was kind of fun to get to talk to you and then to see all of the responses coming out and to talk to other people. So I'm really glad we did that. Yeah. And we got everything from you all were too hard on it to, uh, <laughs> you know, that you're nitpicking to the other extreme that this was a garbage show and, and it was awful and we were too nice to it. So we'll just give our response and whatever you interpret that to be, that's, that's what it is. So, uh, yeah. That actually made me feel good. Yeah. That right. It was like, oh, it wasn't. Um, but I will say that no one can disagree with we're all wondering why you shouldn't call 911. A lot of people call, talked about that. Yeah. And Rachel, you called it with the Peloton. I couldn't stop laughing. And then it became this huge thing where everyone was like, what's going on Peloton? Yeah. So you were the first person that I heard mention <laughs> anything about anything. And that blew up. So yeah, well, and then they're like stock took a dive, which of <laughs> course, why on earth? I mean, it sounds like from what I've heard in the snarky comments by the Peloton for people that I don't think that this was a paid promotion. It doesn't it's sound like it, or they're walking back from it as if it's not. No, I, I think you are right. I don't think it is, which makes your car comments me even funnier when you were like, <laughs> I don't think it's the flex that you think it is. And then knowing that they didn't do it, I, it was just, yeah, it, it, but it was a major nosedive. I think it was like five, per, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it was a that, lot. It yeah. Yeah, no, it was a lot, a significant dive. And so then like the, the CEO or whatever of Peloton was coming out, like super snarky about the show. And if, if, if it was me, that would rise up the stock because I think that's hilarious. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I'm still not going to get one, but I do think it's cool. <laughs> I mean, I can't afford that nonsense, but, uh, uh, plus I, I don't know, that's just not my style of exercise. I mean, not that I'm one to give advice on this topic, but still like the whole boot camp kind of idea is not for me. Uh, no, I am what they call. I like, um, a little bit more carrot, a little less stick. I don't like anyone yeah. yelling at me. I <laughs> like it to be, we're dancing Zumba. I love you. You're great. Or like, <laughs> any way you move your body is the way it's meant to be right yeah, just get out there I mean I love to swim and that part of the reason why I love to swim is because I I love the like white noise of it that you're just under the water and the, and the only thing you can hear is just your own like thoughts and I so I I love I don't get to do it as much as I would like but uh, I do love I love swimming so that's and definitely the opposite a, of Peloton you're a good swimmer like you know how to like really do it <laughs> well I mean define good I don't know but I I am a six I have finished 15 open water races swims over the years so yeah. I would define that 
<laughs> Rachel, I can barely tread water and I'm still, I still consider myself like I can swim. So yeah, I think I would, I would put you in the good category. Yeah, really fun. <laughs> Especially when you swim the devil lake, as we call it, Salt Lake, great, the Great Salt Lake is, we call it the devil lake. <laughs> It's so you're, you're like you know you know yeah <laughs> well so we are going to talk about episode three today this is called when in rome and it's despite the support of miranda charlotte and stanford carrie seems to need a place in particular she may try to escape charlotte who is sometimes emotionally suffocated is the summary so what do you think about this episode overall do you think it was an improvement on the first two or not so much. So I actually thought it was a vast improvement. And here's why. I feel like even though there was a lot of kerfuffle over killing Big Off, and I don't know how I felt about that, and it was jarring, and a lot of people said they weren't going to watch. I do feel like by doing that, I didn't know how I would feel when I watched the episode, but it did bring me back to original Sex in the City, where they're just off having all these adventures. And it's about their friendship and whether it's superficial and fun and, and ludicrous or a little bit deeper and more heartfelt. It has a little bit more of the original flavor of the show, which was what I was wanting when I started watching and just like that in the first place. So that's how I felt about this one. How'd you feel? I thought that it was really nice for, it was a good episode for Carrie and Charlotte. I didn't really love the Miranda, what they've chosen for her plot line. It's not my favorite. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Also because I really love Che and I don't, see that for Che and Miranda either like they're it's just and we love Miranda and Steve together like look I know that they're not maybe things aren't all clicking with them but yeah I, I'm not sure what's happening with her yeah I, I forgot to mention this will be a more mature podcast uh for those that uh, are used to our normal content we literally have tons of other episodes so if it's not your jam then uh, then you don't have to listen to this one uh but um but yeah i i don't know i i i did i do want to make a correction i said last time that uh che was played by sarah Myers. i said it's for just trans actor she's non-binary so i made a mistake there and i apologize for that but um, I'm not really buying that she's like this comedic heavyweight. I don't know. I think that the podcast is super cringy. I would never listen to this in a million years. I'm always just like, oh, sounds awful. You know, it's interesting. I think that the Che doing the stand-up was actually very solid. The podcast doesn't do it for me either, but Che doing stand-up, I thought was legitimately funny and reminded me of someone who is a good comedian doing a Netflix special. Like I bought that Che was at that level, but the podcast 
it's so it, bad. Yeah, it's a little, uh, what do they call Howard Stern originally? The shock jock? Mm-hmm. Is that what they called him? Yeah. yeah. That's usually just the, the kind of stuff I don't listen to on a podcast. And then watching the, the stand-up, it works for me way better and I don't know why that is like Howard Stern he actually is a pretty good interviewer if you I mean I haven't listened to tons of his but he I listened to his interview with Hillary Rodden Clinton I've listened to a few of his interviews and he actually asks like good questions and he's interesting and he's funny and and uh and that like if this was a if this was a radio spot you know that was a five minute spot or something like like on Sirius or something like that with music or something maybe I could see that but like listening to these two people talking about who they have, you know, whether they want to bone each other is just not like, it was awful. I would not want to listen to that. <laughs> and then Gary just going like city bike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like city bike triggers so that that's supposed to be like a super funny joke. And I'm just like, what? I don't know. I, the podcast is just that, that this is supposed to be like, very successful podcast and I do not buy it for a second yeah and I but I did think that the line was funny when when, uh Carrie says that she's coming to Che's Netflix special and she's like you don't come Carrie's like you came to my funeral I'll come to your comedy show and I thought knowing a lot of comedians in New York City that is just as bad sometimes. <laughs> People do not want to go to either of those things. I, I don't know much about going to stand-up, but I have had many people ask me to go to their improv night, and that's, like, brutal. <laughs> so, much. <laughs> so, yeah, if you invite oh, me Rachel, to your improv night... We got night, here, we got here than I thought. It's <laughs> Sorry to all my friends. Yeah, it's rough. I like sketch, improv stuff, improv stuff. You feel on it. Yeah, like uh, obviously the people on like whose line is it anywhere are masters. They're the best at doing it. Uh, and but most others, yeah, it's rough. You can only. And you feel like you gotta give a lot. Yeah. All right, give me a word. Give me a word. And, you know, you just, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of effort on the audience's part as well. Yeah. The bravery it takes, I would not do it. Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcasts, especially at Christmas? Do you enjoy the holiday previews, recaps, interviews, and bonus episodes? If the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round. But not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies family. Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year. We also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films. As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers. 
So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies to learn more. That's patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. What did you think of the whole death trifecta? Oh, wait, wait. The death trifecta. The death trifecta is she had the awful night of him dying and then the funeral and then reading of the will. That's the death trifecta. Okay. So the reading of the will sets us up for an adventure that I absolutely love that on one level, I love seeing classic Madcap Carrie. And then on a deeper level, I, I can talk a little bit later about my feelings about what they have dragged poor Natasha through. You know, it's like Carrie's never learned her lesson. But the will reading was really interesting in that she's sitting there. She's like, I'm happy, sad. This is the last part of what I've got to do. And then the, the bomb that's dropped that Big has left Natasha a million dollars was really jarring. How did you feel about that review? Yeah, I mean, it definitely was because Carrie talks about being in this kind of good place in a way. This because she's they left on a happy, sad note. Um, and you know, then she gets mad at him for ruining the happy, sad. Uh, which I, you know, I thought was actually pretty good writing, a good insight into her character. And, uh, and so, yeah, it was definitely surprising. And, uh, you know, what would you think, of course, if your husband left that much money in the will for his ex-wife, like, that's just weird. The one thing I didn't get though, is so she finds a number in his uh, clothes and she calls it and it's her number. Wouldn't you know your number? Like, I know we don't know many numbers, but I feel like we at the very least know our own number. Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I didn't understand that either. I was kind of like, make it make sense. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, would know my own I mean, again, like, like these days with cell phones, we don't know that many numbers like like I couldn't tell you anybody but my parents who've had the same number and my own of course but that's the thing you would know your own number (laughs) like what is this number who is it I'm like I don't know that was weird like oh wait it's me (laughs) it's me he had my number and I and and why did he have their number in his pocket do we know no i mean i guess the it wasn't thing. natasha's number no i was it her i didn't know maybe it was her old number but more than any other number you would also recognize that number yeah i couldn't yeah. i couldn't i couldn't puzzle through that either and then we didn't get any answers about the pink berry card or about gogi the dog yeah yeah that's true we didn't get her about the dog or and big secret love of pink berry I mean, I'm with him on that. Yeah. 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 Uh, Pink Berry over Peloton. Sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. No question. I mean, we only have one Pink Berry here in Utah, and that's at the airport. So that's like a, you want to give yourself a little bit extra time if you're going to the airport to get a Pink Berry. <laughs> okay. No, I got to ask you, is it on the side before you check your stuff or is it when you get over after. the like oh, yeah. you can relax. right 
like eat it before you like go through security. Yeah. They only have, they have a Cinnabon at the airport and they don't have one anywhere else. And they have a, uh, they have a pink berry. So it's like party at the airport. (laughs) Honestly, if they didn't have those two things, I have a Cinnabon by me and I've got a pink berry kind of close, but if they didn't, I would probably go about six hours early for every flight and just like space it out, like post up there. You're like, it's my time. Yeah. There's also this restaurant called Cafe Rio, which is very popular here in Utah. And the the airport is the only place that they serve breakfast at Cafe Rio. So yeah, it's, it's a fun place to be when you're at the airport. Although they have a new, we have a new airport in Salt Lake, which they have designed so poorly when, whenever I get in, I swear, I'm not exaggerating. I have to walk a mile, a mile to get, why did they do, why is it? I don't know. Like it's legit. Like we timed it out. It's a mile. They have to walk. (laughs) Uh, You know, know, they're providing through like, not only do you get all the foods you want, it's like a gym. Yeah. They've got like, you can exercise here. You can eat. Let's put in some napping pods. We'll get you a massage chair. people buying cheap flights to like hang out at the airport yeah well it's like you have to tell your ride like hang out because it's gonna be a while before yeah. I get there. <laughs> but, but uh, do you here's a question so do you think if something god forbid happened to your fiance would you know his password oh she doesn't know big's password so hmm I know all of his uh, like TV password things. I know his phone password. Um, his email? No, I wouldn't. Do you, like, well, it's to get into the, even just the computer itself. She doesn't know the password. I don't think I would. So this might be a learning moment for you. This might be this a, might a teaching be, moment. This is a teachable moment that well, it's interesting. It's interesting people think about getting their affairs in order because my dad has all his like written down. He's very much of that mindset. I know a lot of people who do that. Question for you, because I don't think anyone would know mine for anything. And they're all scattered and I change them all the time. Do do you have someone that has all your passwords? Because I don't think anyone could get into my stuff. Yeah, for... I think most people would, uh, for think that they'd be able to figure out most of them, but my, there's some things that I would have to tell. I should probably tell some people like my bank password <laughs> that yes. I, nobody knows that, that yeah. make, which by design, cause I don't want anyone to know it obviously. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, uh, since I'm not in a couple, it's a little bit different, but I have, a, I mean, I have a will when I, when I um, bought my house, I just figured why not at that point, since I was already working with a lawyer and, you know, with other things, I uh, just get it done. So I have it. Done. <laughs> I sent it to my sister and I'm like, here you go. Just have this. And she's like, I hope I don't have to use it anytime soon. <laughs> well, first of all, that you bought a house and that you have a will. Like, let's just. <laughs> I mean, like- not that I have much to give, but you know, when you're buying a house, like, it's a, it just seemed like a good time to kind of get that done. <laughs> yeah. Get all the, well, because that's the thing with, with this thing with big, it's 
all these unanswered questions about who he was, I think when someone passes, sometimes you do find yourself going, did I ever really know this person? And maybe Gogi was like not even a thing or Pinkberry was something random. But we realized we never really, not only is it hard to know other people, sometimes we don't even really know ourselves. Like it could be something just totally random, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not a big fan of this whole sort of rivalry that they've chosen to do for Charlotte and Stanford. And the thing is, is that like, there's plenty of room for like more friends. Like I, I don't see, especially with Samantha gone, like why not have, have Stanford be the, the, you know, the fourth member of the group. Uh, but there's this like rivalry, which in, which just would make no sense. Like they've, they should be like as close as ever. They should be good friends. And I don't know. I just don't like that whole, the whole thing, especially knowing that he's passed and this is like the last we're going to see of him. Like why did they ugh, wish they hadn't chosen this plot? Yeah. I'm with you on that. I think that if they were going to use that plot and maybe we'll see more of that later, I want them to really turn up the heat on it. And have it be really funny. But instead, it's just this thing that she's like, wait, you talked about me in therapy and oh, you're here. And I don't love, I don't love passive aggressiveness in real life or on screen. I would rather like legit, fun, madcap conflict, super conflict. Right. Yeah. Sort of weird thing. And then the bumping in the chair, it was funny, but it also just felt very awkward to me and as you're pointing out the fact that he's passed in real life it just it made me sad and it's just like you know what let's actually just welcome into the fold and then charlotte's got her great fun thing with anthony and anthony can be like her best guy friend just the same way stanford is for carrie and they all hang together yeah you know yeah, I mean, I they, this is a pretty nice restaurant. I don't think very many restaurants would have any problem. Like he says, a three top is always a four top. They wouldn't, I don't feel like a nice restaurant would like seat someone where their chair's constantly going to be whacked like that. Um, and I don't know. I just didn't like that whole thing. It was, it was a bummer. <laughs> yeah. And so we also have Miranda and uh, she is, uh, you know, she's frustrated with Steve. She's obviously attracted to Che. I mean, I, I just, I mean, if it was me, I would have this conflict, but then like Steve come at the end and sort of save the day and restore their relationship and whatever. Like, I mean, why reboot the series only to have, to have one of the, the couples of the show get, you know, so you have one couple where the character dies, the second couple where <laughs> they they end up in this horrible marriage. Like, it's just not great. Yeah, and I know Miranda's talking about that dessert bar like it ain't a fun thing and it's the only thing they've got, but that dessert bar looks pretty great and looks like a wonderful way to unwind with the person that you love. Like, I don't think their relationship seems like it's going that terribly. And if you want to take it in the direction where Miranda is 
sort of feeling and opening up and exploring her sexuality a little bit more. And maybe we'll see this, but I thought it was a beautiful moment when Chase talking about coming out um, to their family at the comedy show. And we see Miranda's face and we see Charlotte's face. And it's obvious they're moved for different reasons about it. I almost see Miranda realizing she's attracted to her professor and then just being like, oh, oh no, like I'm attracted to who my professor is and I may be attracted to her, but I really want to work on things with Steve. Yeah, Maybe I mean, we'll if she that, really but... hasn't had, they haven't had sex for 10 years, like the, you need to, you would need help a lot sooner. Like that is not believable in a marriage, like that you would keep things going. Like that's a long time. Yeah. I didn't know if that was an exaggeration until it became apparent that. Yeah. I mean, Steve would have to be the most unself-aware person in the world to like, just be completely oblivious. There's problems with this marriage when he hasn't had sex with his wife in 10 years, especially when his teenage son is having loud sex in the house with his living girlfriend. Like, come on. It's like when someone's pregnant and they're eating for two, it's like Brady's having enough sex in the entire household. Like it's not, it's not, it's weird. Yeah. My, my friend Megan Dorsey, she was, we were DMing together and she brought up, I thought a really good point. She said, She said that on one hand, I understand the desire to tell a story about a married woman realizing she is gay, but the Miranda and Steve story was the actual love story of the show. Big and Carrie are not the love story. It was always Miranda and Steve and Charlotte and Harry because they had to actually go through a character arc to find love where Big and Carrie stayed the same. I thought that was a very good point. I think that's really spot on and i think we've already seen this reckoning of the lack of sex in their marriage when steve cheated on her and was it one of the movies then he tells her and then they get back together yeah it's like we sort of already i don't know i yes i think that's spot on the thing that does make me feel good is charlotte and harry seem like the banter is the same as it always was yeah thankfully i'm really good about that yeah. Mm-hmm. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarky in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Hallmark Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. A big, I guess, conflict with Charlotte is uh, Rose. She tells her that she doesn't feel like a girl. And her response is just kind of confusion. She doesn't really know what to say. And I feel like that was pretty realistic. I mean, some may find that, you know, slightly bigoted, which maybe it slightly is. But like, I think it was, it was realistic that, that some people 
would just not know what to say and like are not going to have the perfect response to everything. Well, I thought her response was funny in a lot of ways. Where she's like, it's all right. Sometimes I don't feel like a girl either. And then, right, Lily? Sometimes do you not feel like a girl? And we see Lily casually hanging out in her princess crown, full red lipstick. And we're like, no, these are not. Like, there are plenty of other young children and, you know, that and adults that can relate to what Rose is saying. But I'm pretty sure Charlotte and Lily, you know, they always feel like girls. We see that. Like, that's something that they have. I actually think that Charlotte handles it really well, even when she's talking to Anthony about it and saying, Yeah, Anthony's response was weird. Like I would expect him to be like, oh. And instead he was just like, that's nuts. I don't know. Yeah, I think that well to to sorry, I'm grabbing my phone because I just knocked it off because there was a, a quote that I really liked later on about it but I think that it was interesting that Anthony was almost as someone who is gay and needs to come out to his family or his friends he almost had a little bit less tolerance about it and looked at it rather than someone talking about the truth of who they were as a kid just being like, I'm a dog now. And that's kind of what he, he alludes to of when we're kids, we don't know what we're doing. Like Charlotte says, oh, well, yeah, when when Rose wanted to be a dog, I put out the little bowl of water for her for a week and let her be a dog. And he says, yeah, I wanted to be Tinkerbell when I was a kid, but my mom didn't cut me a costume with fairy wings. And Charlotte says, well, maybe she should have. And I think it actually does bring up a really interesting conversation. I think with Rose, we don't need to take any drastic steps, but if she doesn't want to be called a girl, it's so easy just to be like, all right, come on, kid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And kind of let her explore. I guess use certain non-binary language. She figures out what uh, what she what she wants to be or what she is. I guess. Um, uh, and I don't know. I just was surprised that for an HBO show that they went that way. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it. I don't know. It was just interesting to me. I you know I would expect, especially one that's kind of trying to be more on the woke side. Like, I, I don't know if they're trying to sort of shame Charlotte, but then to have Anthony build, like, build up on that and make, and kind of make it seem like this is crazy was kind of weird to me. I, I was like, what? Um, that was a, an odd choice. But, um, but, you know, it's obviously very moving for Charlotte when she goes to the comedy show and hears about how accepting Che's family was. And so that makes her, you know, want to be accepting. And then she outside, she calls Rose and she's just, she says, I want you to know how much I love you. And so, you know, it'd be interesting to see where they go from here. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that these days, every family it seems like has an experience like this, which is good, you know, that you, I think that we're all becoming more open. I mean, I know in our family, I have a sister that's gay 
And, uh, and you know, that was, uh, hopefully we, we responded as well as we could. We tried, uh, to be loving. And, um, so I, you know, I, I think it's just a new dynamic in American families that, uh, in the last, you know, 30 years, I would say. When she told you guys, did you tell her to get away from the TV? Like that was Che's experience. <laughs> like sit down, cool. <laughs> well, she was lucky because she was actually in England when she came out and, you know, we were here. So <laughs> that I guess kind of helped save some awkwardness, <laughs> but yeah. One, thank you for sharing that. And, and two, I think that it does bring up a lot of interesting conversations that I did appreciate about Chase standup. I wrote down the line when Chase said, I say better to be confused than to be sure. And I think that when we are sure of something, then we're not open to learning new things. And Chase talks about that. And I think that a lot of people, myself included, even when you want to be open-hearted, you want to support people. I know I'm sometimes going to mess up and say the wrong things, but that's not going to stop me from trying to do that because then I'm making it about me not wanting to be wrong rather than supporting that person. So I'm always happy to be corrected or called in or whatever the case is. Yeah, yeah, I don't always know what to say, but I appreciate when people... um, know that I'm trying to learn and, and then I'm going to get it wrong and that I appreciate when they tell me. Yeah, I think that's true. I had a, f- a friend whose husband came out as non-binary and I like didn't know what to say because I didn't, I mean, I, I didn't know if that would affect their relationship and it hasn't, um, but I like didn't know, if, is that rude to ask? Like, are things okay with you too? Um, so I just kind of, I was like, I don't know. And so we ended up having a conversation about an entirely different topic. And then I just sort of asked, I was like, are you two okay? <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't know how to ask. And she's like, yeah, we're fine. And, uh, she's like, no, I totally understand. I get it. And so like people, they're our friends, so they're going to be understanding, you know, they love us and we love them. And so I think most people, unless you're like outright, outrightly hateful, people understand that you know, we're getting, especially in this case, when you're dealing with a child that's, uh, you know, that's not sure themselves, like they, I feel like they get it, you know? And, and, uh, so yeah, I, I was surprised that they went there given the writing of the show, especially with Anthony and because it's an HBO show, I would just was expecting something more modern, but like in a way I'm kind of intrigued. So we'll see where the story goes, especially, I just thought that was some good acting on the part of Krista Davis at the show you know, her, her crying. And, and that was very sweet. So. I, I will say that um, I, I'm tearing up even a little bit thinking about yeah. that. Her performance in that part was so just beautiful. It yeah. really yeah. was. And we know that Charlotte is going to mess up a bunch of times over the next six episodes. And that's okay. We all mess up, but her heart is so pure as is her love. For her kids and we we know that she really loves her family so we also have the big part of this episode is the hunt for natasha <laughs> so after they find it in the will they they are looking to try because carrie wants to talk to natasha she tries talking to her on email it gets sent back she tries talking to her on instagram she gets blocked 
And, uh, and so basically like Natasha, I would think that Natasha would want to talk to Carrie about the will, you know, that I, I, at the very least, I feel like Natasha would understand why Carrie wants to talk to her about this will. Yeah. But what I think, and this is, this is going back to, you know, the original Sex and City and why on a, on audience level of what is funny to me, you know, seeing Carrie out the window. And like you said, you call yeah. it the Hartford of Joshua. This is all comedic gold. I'm loving all of it. It feels very OG Sex and the City. I'm here for it. If I analyze this on a deeper level and I think about Natasha, Natasha's moved on. She told Carrie, like, what happened with Carrie was very triggering for her to the point where it was like, she probably looks at Carrie either like she is a true narcissist, which I'm not sure that she isn't. I don't know. I love Carrie, but also yeah. we, she's pretty self-centered. Uh, and Natasha is like, please leave me alone years ago and now that Carrie wants answers from Natasha now Natasha's expected to be like let me crack open my life for you she didn't want the money she never wants to think about big again she never wants to think about Carrie again she doesn't owe these people anything stop harassing her I am I am my favorite line though my favorite line was, she's wearing flats. That is the most desperate comment put down I've ever heard. That was very good. <laughs> yeah. And, that was really good. Yeah. And she finally uh, talks to Natasha in, uh, they, she runs into her in the bathroom after she tells them she's in Rome, hence the name of the episode. Uh, and uh, I mean, I especially feel like at that point that you would just, let's just have it out. Let's talk it out. Like, I don't know. Uh, but, but anyway, it made for some fun set pieces and some fun sequences. And, uh, she, she clarifies that she hasn't spoken with big since the divorce and he, she has no idea why he left it, left the money to him, to her. And she says, why did he marry me when he was always in love with you? And so then Carrie apologizes for her part in all of that. And he says, you know, we're okay. All it's all in the past, but maybe we shouldn't follow each other on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when Natasha said that line, that was another part of the episode that made me cry. The line about, I'll never understand why he married me. And he's always in love with you because sorry, I am so emotional because I am for some reason, I just really love Natasha I think, I don't know. I just think she was really wronged, not only by big, but frankly, by all the women in this show. And we don't, we don't, she doesn't get enough credit for being a good person. And she knew what she was doing by saying that to Carrie. And I think it's the truth, but she was giving Carrie peace. She could have made something up and said, well, you know, John will always be a mystery, but I'm, I'm glad he was 
in my life the way he was and and left it ambiguous about their right yeah that's true wondering and left carried twisting in the wind without even lying yeah she actually and to me that is true empathy like she could have said something like i'm so sorry for your loss and they could have like held hands and cried but she said to carrie what she knew carrie needed to hear and why Carrie actually came there? Because let's be real, Carrie doesn't give two about Natasha. Never has, never will. She just wants to know was Big talking to Natasha. So this is all a whole selfish thing for that. And I think that I kind of go here. Will Carrie ever learn? And Carrie didn't learn a lesson the first time about this. And Natasha begged for her to leave her alone. And she didn't really learn her lesson this time because she got what she wanted by hunting her down. But at the end of the day, I think we all got peace that it was big trying to say he was sorry. And that even though, like you said, we don't need to follow each other on Instagram, we can, this chapter of our lives can only be closed. Yeah, and I think Bridget Monaghan did a good job playing Natasha, uh, that there was a strength to her character, as you're saying, that I didn't ask for this. I'm happy with my life. I'm happy with who I am. I hope you're happy. And, you know, that's it. I, I, I don't think that in real life you would you would really make such a chase. Like, I think you would just either work through your lawyers or, you know, or, or, you know, communicate in some fashion, but, uh, or you, you just respond to the email, I think this is what you probably do in real life, but nevertheless, that's how they played it. And I thought it was, it was pretty effective and also gave her some pretty funny, like little moments. Like I liked when she's like, this is why I gave up running. <laughs> that was good. That was really good. <laughs> and of course, seeing them all scurry away and like yeah. hiding themselves. You're just like, all right, this is like the original Sex in the City that I I really love. And it, it really is funny. Yeah. So the episode ended off with her going back to her uh, old apartment and saying, okay, this is home. And that was, that was sweet. That was good. And then also we have Charlotte finding uh, liquor bottles in Miranda's purse, empty liquor bottles. And, uh, you know, people that are addicts do tend to leave a trail uh, in, 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 uh, so that, you know, that's probably pretty real actually. And, but I don't know, I'm just kind of annoyed. Like, why do you have to make her like such a screw up? Like what on earth in this 10 year unhappy marriage? She's an alcoholic. She's like, <laughs> uh, she's like saying all these weird stuff and, you know, kind of racist stuff and I, she's just I, I what have they done to her character it's bizarre to me like Miranda I don't like I don't know what is going on <laughs> no. Although, you can make Miranda gay without all this other stuff like what you have to become an like, alcoholic and then a loveless marriage like what? <laughs> You're like, this is too much. This is too much. Like, put her one person and she's not woke and keeps reminding us. It's like everything, like give give her something that's going right. Even like, bless. Yeah. Yeah, Something. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty sad. (laughs) 
Um, but that's something we're clearly going to have some confrontation on coming up. And that's going to be interesting, I guess, to see. Um, so we decided it would be fun on this show to talk about one p- point of fashion that we appreciated. I actually found a really interesting article um, from the costume designers talking about how they were using a lot of vintage fashion for the show and really like taking also the pandemic into account as far as sort of more relaxed, casual fashion than what she would have worn in the original show, uh, which I thought was interesting. And I still feel like there there hasn't been like fashion that's really stood out as in the way that the, the show did uh, originally. Um, but I think my favorite look of the whole episode was Carrie in this like multicolored, it was the last look for Carrie in the multicolored dress with the white um, jacket, I guess, <laughs> uh, overlay. I thought that that, uh, with gold uh, platforms. I thought that was the best look of the, the episode. I thought she looked fabulous in that too. And the other two that I really liked on Carrie, well, what I thought it was cool at Che's show that you had all these people dressed in all these different things. That was kind of fun to see all those fashions. But for Carrie, I did love, and this is pointing to what you said about the, the vintage looks, the dress that she's in, not when she meets up with Natasha when it's in the coffee shop, but when she goes to see her at um, her office and it's that really cute pink, kind of like Donna Reed look with the belted. Yeah. Yes. Like black and white, like polka dot belt. That was cute. Super cute. And then actually the the other look where she's sitting with Miranda, this actually might have been when she's wearing where she actually met Natasha, where she's sitting with Miranda on the steps of Columbia. And it's this um, really cute shoes that she calls her sneakers that are not, they're like strappy sandals. Mm -hmm. And this dress that has like this thing underneath and maybe like a badger or like a thing like on the back of the dress that's got a shirt underneath look not and like there's no one who could actually wear this even sarah jessica parker can't wear this in the wild because i think it's got like a lot of things that need to be managed by like a professional team but i just thought it was a really cute fun quirky outfit yeah, the costume designer, one of them, it's Molly Rogers and Danny Santiago. And he said in this article, uh, he said, one thing we did want to do because of the time and coming out of COVID, we really wanted to make things happy and bright and have fun that way. I think if anything, you will see some more color surprises. So I, I can I can see that. I did like uh, Charlotte with the kind of ruffled black uh, top that she had on in the, com- I think it was the comedy but that was a cute top, cute look. And I tried to find, I looked everywhere. I tried to find the designers uh, and I couldn't find the designers. So whoever you are, well done. <laughs> yeah, good job. Yeah, and if, um, anyone, and if anyone wants to help us out with that aspect, please, I'd love it. Cause I, I do think it's fun, but uh, but yeah, I, I it's interesting because the original fashion designer, uh, Patricia Fields, she, is working on Emily in Paris now. So she's oh. not on the show. 
which is interesting, especially when you think of the, the style of Emily in Paris, which was kind of bonkers. <laughs> if anybody yeah. watched that show. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, let us know what your favorite look was. And I hope that as the show kind of goes that we get more memorable fashion. Uh, we've had a few pieces we talked about, but uh, I hope that, you know, I don't know, as they get kind of more comfortable with the show that we get even more memorable fashion. Yeah, we need some more iconic things. It's gonna, mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah, the one that I did, the, there were two looks that I thought were weird. One was Charlotte, where she had like, she was wearing a like nautical dress uh, with a t white t-shirt underneath, which I thought was kind of a weird look. And, um, and then also another layered look from Carrie where she had on this, um, she had on a sweetheart neckline dress with uh, a shirt underneath. Um, it kind of was a little bag lady to me. Well, it's interesting the one you're talking about with Charlotte, I just don't think Charlotte would wear something like that at all. No. I think if she did nautical, it would be a little bit more like the style of what Carrie wore with the pink dress, but no t-shirt underneath. Yeah, agreed. Like, it would yeah. be like longer sleeves and like maybe like a um, like Even like pop. little cap sleeves. I could see her. That would be yeah. cute. Yeah. So. It, cap person. I, agree. <laughs> I think so. Well, let us know what your favorite look was or least favorite look. And what did you think of this episode? Did you think it was an improvement? Did you think it was garbage? Let us know in the comments. We would love to hear your thoughts. And Jax, thanks so much for doing this. It's always so much fun. And where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Jacqueline Collier on Instagram and Jacqueline C tweets on Twitter. And yeah, Rachel, thanks for having me. It gives me a really good excuse to one, hang out with a very dear friend and two, to watch this immediately when it drops <laughs> and get stuck to you right away. So I love it. Yeah. I message you like, what did you think? <laughs> it allows us, it gives us excuse to let the, the text chain going at like three in the morning. I'm like, it's really late there. It's like 5 a.m. in New York. Let's watch it now. Let's watch it now and talk about ASAP. Yeah. We do it. But uh, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Ron Tomatoes. And if you want to hear more about my fashion ideas on the Francast that I hosted with my friends, uh, Larry and Colleen, we talked about the fashion from Fran on every single episode. So uh, I really had a fun time with that. So I'll put a link down if you want to check out the Francast. I'm really proud of that, that show that we did. So uh, yeah, and check out Homework's podcast at Homework's Pod and Homework's Podcast on social media. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. We would really appreciate it, especially in this new show. And if you are watching on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We'd appreciate that so much. And uh, yeah, let us know what you think. Check out the patron group and the merch store. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye, everyone. Bye.